Welcome and thank you for choosing the Mental Mindset Podcast presented by DBC Sports Psychology. Mental Mindset is hosted by Andrew Tosi and Zach Perkins, who will discuss mental skills, tips, and tricks to help you, your child, or your athletes be the best version of themselves in and out of sports. We hope you enjoy this week's Mental Spark. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mental Mindset Podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Zach, and today we are going to be talking about participation trophies. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not true, uh, sort of. I mean, we're going to be talking about coaching philosophy, uh, but uh, we we figured it's a great episode to have a coach with us, right, Zach? I mean, you are technically a, a coach. Would, would I guess that's how they explain me in some places. Yep. Yeah, your resume says coach. It doesn't say anything else after it, so that that's a good thing. <laughs> so so Zach when you hear coaching philosophy right like when you're thinking about like the philosophy of coaching like uh, for me and, and what I do like it's a little bit different than actually being a coach right um, but like it's different for me at the youth college and elite levels like would you say it's the same for you yeah to an extent right I think for for the way I look at it you know from the coaching aspect it's more about tailoring your message or making sure that, you know, like I'm not going to teach or I'm not going to do certain drills with uh, youth players that I might do with my college guys and vice versa, right? There's some drills that, I mean, it's fun sometimes to make the college guys go back and do drills that they did in youth hockey, just go back to the basics and kind of reset. But um, I think it's important to not overload youth players with, with too much, right? At, at, at a youth age, right? Uh, really up until, even through high school, I think you're, you're still there for development. So it's really about making sure the touches are there that they're getting, you know, extra time to kind of work on creativity, things like that versus systems and making sure that they're in the right place at every, any given moment moment, because that doesn't happen during a game. So. Yeah, man. I think it's the same on my end as well. Like when I'm working with a youth team or working with a college team or an elite team, like you have to kind of structure it a little bit differently. You're so right though. Like if even for the college and the elite guys, it is really fun to have them do something so childish, like, like go fish or like a handshake challenge or a rock, paper, scissors, just to watch them. Like that inner kid is still in all of us. And I think that's something that sometimes gets lost on people. Like, uh, especially in this day and age, like the world is so serious. Like we're all still kids on the inside. Uh, you start off as a kid. We all do. So you never really lose it. Uh, and, and I think that's the important part of sport, right? Like we learn so much through playing sports, uh, like even at a young age. And, and I guess one of my big issues um, when it comes to like coaching philosophies is like, is the sideline parent coach, you know, that guy, that woman, you know, those people you ever, oh, you ever oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Their kid stops doing what they're supposed to be do- doing to look over to the sideline or through the glass on a hockey rink to see what mom or dad is saying. Yeah. Got it. The worst man. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, dude, you, you are either paying this guy or you didn't volunteer to be the coach. So now when you're there, let the coach do their job. Even if you think they are the absolute worst trash, they might as well be coaching a bunch of garbage cans moving around. It doesn't matter, right? Like that's the coach. We all have to have respect for that responsibility and and like that, that uh, whatever that they're taking on. So like, I don't understand why we yell at our kids to do something different. It actually makes your kid look bad because they're not doing something that the team is supposed to be doing. 
I don't think it's just that either, right? But you're you're adding pressure to a kid who's there just to try to enjoy, right? At, at certain ages, especially like youth hockey, you could the stories. I can't even get into the stories of youth hockey where you know parents, grandparents, uh, aunts, uncles, whoever it may be, are sitting in the stands screaming at the top of their lungs at these kids. And at the end of the day, I'm standing on the bench going, I don't know, just go out there and figure it out, like have some fun. You're here to have fun. It's not all about winning and losing, especially at the youth level. And I think people forget that youth sports are about developing. They're not about winning and losing. And that's the hardest part. Dude, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think we put so much pressure on youth athletes nowadays. And then what I see, I've never seen so many kids, especially like right after COVID, be so burnt out. Like they are just like, I don't want to play anymore. I got I got a few 16 17 year old kids who like play various sports and they're like I'm just done. Like it's all they did and there's so much pressure on them to now like find a college to go to college. I, I got I told you before I work with like some of junior elite hockey kids. I had a conversation today that the kid is like I don't even know if I want to play. Like he's just tired. He's just exhausted and it's one of those like we put so much emphasis on win. And and at the end of the day Americans won't like this. That's our culture because we created it that way. You go somewhere else. That's not how it is. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It's wild too, because you look at, you look at like that whole example you just said where the kid doesn't even know if he wants to play anymore. I cannot tell you recruiting for school, how many kids I talked to last season and as they were talking and as they were trying to figure out, like I'm trying to get them to come to school to play for us. And I can't tell you how many kids just said, Hey coach, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to go work on some, you know, my studies. I'm going to focus on school and I'm going to move on with my life from there. I had that conversation with so many kids. And I mean, as a coach, you just respect it, right? Thanks for giving me the heads up and, and not wasting my time. Um, but as like a, a lover of the game, right? Like I, I love the game. I love hockey. It has given me so much. Um, I feel like I, you know, I, I consider myself a student of the game. So to have that love, uh, and watch other people lose it is it it kind of sucks it's kind of depressing at times you know it, it is man especially when they're the the ones as a youth that like are a shining star right and everyone's like he's got it they've got it right and then like and those are the ones that tend to burn out and whether it's from parents from coaches from their own experience there's usually in uh, a pressure placed on those kinds of kids and even the ones who aren't the star, right? Like maybe they're the middle of the pack people, but like there's a pressure to then be the best, right? And, and that kind of part kills me. And that's where I think coaching becomes so vital, right? It's not about like, hey, today we're going to go out there and win. It's like, dude, as a kid, you don't like, yeah, you want to win the championship, but it's not like it's the end of the world, right? Like I remember losing championship games and literally going and getting like a fribble at friendlies and those things were still a thing and like being like, eh, I guess my life goes on. Right. But like you learn things through defeat. And that is why when you mentioned participation trophies, I, uh, I, I, I had told you in the pre-meeting, like, yeah, we're talking about them today because I think they are the dumbest thing that have ever existed in this entire world. And I don't care if people crucify me for that. <laughs> they drive me nuts. And it's not so much the fact of like, you know, trying to make I I guess I just struggle because it's like there is a winner and a loser there always has been in sports and that's how it works right and 
I think we talked about it in an earlier episode, but there's a lot that can be learned from studying failure and studying defeat. And by incentivizing a kid just for being there, you're not really teaching them or not helping them learn anything. It's more of one of those situations where it's like, well, well, thanks. Thanks for showing up. Great job. Life's going to pat you on the ass and keep you moving, you know? And it's just not, it's just not true. Like when I, and why it kills is because for me and what I do in sports psychology, one of my favorite things to work with is athletes who are transitioning out of sport into the real world. So there's this aspect, right? Of like, I, I preach and I talk and I help athletes work through this idea of like, look at all these things you gain through sport, right? Like communication, leadership, dedication, responsibility, time management, communication. I mean, I could literally go on for the next 20 minutes about what you learn. You missed the most important one. I can't wait to hear what I didn't say. Go ahead. Work ethic. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm so sorry. Captain work ethic, goalie guy. I'm so sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Work ethic, right? Uh, and like grit, grind, all those things. Again, I am not going to be a thesaurus for what you learned through sport today. But my point is, is like there's this idea that like now with participation trophies, you don't you don't get that, right? And that's why like my philosophy on it is that like participation trophies should mean something, right? If you're going to give participation trophies as a coach or as a league, they should meet that have something on it, right? Like, um, like most valuable player, most improved player, um, best communicator, team clown. Like, give it something to like mean something to that kid. Where it's not just like they got a trophy and they go, "What's this for?" Right? And it's like, oh, well, because you played. Uh, okay, right? Like, I, I, I just, I, it, it baffles my mind. Like in this, in this culture that we're creating, that doesn't happen elsewhere, right? And like, and I think about like. Um, obviously my love is soccer. So like the men's national team just got placed in, in a group with England and everything. And like these, these kids weren't given participation trophies. Like that's not the age that they like, it's a new generation that's coming with participation trophies. Like, like I worry about the future of sports in America when like participation trophies are what people are getting. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. And I don't just worry about the future of sports, right? Because that's one thing, but the future of business, just the future of like who we are as people and, and kind of how things work as we move forward. I mean, you see it now. People don't like to show up and go to work. People don't like to be criticized or be um, critiqued, I guess. Yeah, given feedback. Like they'll be like, what? Right. I'm here. I showed up to work. It's like, no, that's that's not what's required of you. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was a great start, but you know, yeah. you have a, a full job you're supposed to be doing. Well, I was here on time. Well, no, you were ten minutes late, but all right, keep. You know what I mean? And like, I think that's that's the scary part of where we lead. I, I agree, and 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 you mentioned failure, and we've talked about it to, to probably uh, the cows come home on this podcast. Um, but like, failure is not a th- like a. A, a dead end or a, or a stop point. It is actually like usually the start of a beginning, right? Like failure is a stepping stone in the, in the path of success. And I think, I think that's what it doesn't allow for. It doesn't allow for this idea of like, Hey, you guys finished dead last. Like, oops. Proud of you like, have a trophy. <laughs> right, right. Like, like it, I just, I don't get it. Like, but at the end of the day, like make it something that was valuable to them. It's like, Hey guys, you know, we finished dead last, but you know what? We learned a lot, a lot this year. Like, what did we learn? 
And like, like we learned how to play as a team. We learned how to communicate. We learned a lot of new skills. We learned a lot of new tricks, a lot of new uh, techniques and, and formations. Like there's so much that goes into a season winning and losing at a youth age does not matter. That's why like sometimes like as a referee, when I was invited to like youth nationals and things like that, like I was like, it, like it doesn't sit right. It's like nationals for like a 12 year old. Like they're 12, like they're 11, like 11 and 12 years old. Like, nationals like you're putting so much pressure on these kids and you never hear of any of them ever again right like they like they just get burnt out usually like yeah sure the rock stars and the all-stars yeah maybe they stick it through but i know plenty of guys who just got burnt out and like they are disgusting at what the sport that they play and i'm sure you know guys too honestly they usually end up coaches uh, that doesn't go for you. I watched you play goalie once before. But, sick nasty. Uh, <laughs> sick nasty. No Swiss cheese here, baby. No Swiss <laughs> cheese here. <laughs> but like, I mean, I mean, for you, like when you're coaching, uh, like obviously you're at the college level, but you also run your the goalie school. So like, like for you, when you're coaching, like what is what is some of the philosophy or the feedback that you try and uh, incorporate or like use with, with your athletes? It's awesome, actually. I just had this conversation with a recruit that I'm trying to bring in um, for school. And we started talking about like just my, my coaching philosophy in general, because, you know, as the goalie coach, uh, as one of my many parts of what I do at school, um, he just wanted to understand kind of how, how does it work? You know, when we're on the ice together, when we're sharing the ice for practice, you know, or we're having a goalie session or whatever it may be. Um, and it was fun to get to explain to him that like my philosophy is very hands off as a coach. I'm not here to, um, overcorrect, right? At the end of the day, like I'm conversational. I like to talk through things. I will give you examples. I will show you uh, based on, you know, like if it's a technique thing, I can show that. Uh, But at the end of the day, like you're the player, you're the one in the crease. And I I tell it to all the goalies. I'm not going to be over your shoulder. I'm not going to be in your ear during the middle of a game to tell you, oh, hey, you should have done this instead. It's just (laughs) not how it works. Like you're on the ice you're going to have to figure it out. And if things aren't always going to go right, like you're going to have days that you're battling, you're fighting pucks, you're not seeing them well. Um, and that's more important to be a little bit self-sustainable than it is when you're having a good day. A billion percent. Right. And that's where like, that's where like sports psych consultants like myself really come into play. Right. Like I've told you before, some of the stories I've had with goalies, like one of the cool things is like, you guys got that water bottle on the back of your net. Right. So like one of the, one time when I worked with a guy, um, what the thing we came up with was like, after a goal was scored, he'd turn around, take his mask off and he'd just fly water up into the air. And he'd say a lot of explicit words that I'm not going to repeat here, but like, it was one of those things that like it reset him. Right. Like he got that anger and that frustration out and he was able to be like, all right, back in. Right. And then like relock in the zone and find ways to do that. So like a coaching philosophy of like of like the ability to bounce back and, and handle your own stuff. I think I think that's beautiful. Right. But then we you, we also both know coaches that are the opposite. <laughs> yep. You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's hard. Right. Because it's I feel like some of it is environment. Some and. I guess, you know, like something I'm working on right now, I actually just teamed up with um, a group that is, it's all about coaching education, right? And that's something that I'm very, uh, I guess I find very important because it's not something that's well thought out or well pursued by many coaches. Um, So a lot of coaches just figure it out as they go, what works, what doesn't work. You end up working with other coaches and you see what works for them and what doesn't. Um, But it's kind of trial and error where, 
you know, if you can get a collaborative of multiple coaches together and you can kind of have a big powwow, uh, it's a way to kind of share thought. Yeah. Pow. Um, it's a way to just share some thoughts. Right. And, and kind of, uh, learn without making mistakes, I guess. Absolutely, man. And I think, I think that's the beauty of like, uh, like coaching like teams, right? Like, and I know in hockey, there's a whole bunch of coaches in soccer. There's a few, right? Like, I think this ability to always have coaches who balance each other is such a valuable asset. Um, and it's one of the things that like, when you're working with teams or like you're on a team, right? don't be afraid to ask questions of like what kind of coach they are or like what kind of coach like their philosophy around it. Right. Like that's not against the rules. Like they're a person you're allowed to be like, Hey, like, so what's your coaching philosophy? Like that's advice to parents. Like I see parents sometimes just go to programs and they're just like, Oh, this coach is apparently really good. And then they, the kid gets on and they're like, I can't stand this coach. Right. Or, or like they, I love this coach and they don't even really know why they love a coach. They just like him because he likes them. So like, it's like sometimes finding the right coach and finding the best ability uh, or like matchability with them is, is a really important aspect, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I guess, you know, the other part of it is <clears throat> just to go back to like the crazy parent thing a little bit, cause it drives me nuts. That's probably the, that's probably the <laughs> fastest thing that drove me out of coaching youth hockey was just like having to deal with families, parents, grandparents, like, yeah, there's a reason coaches don't stay at youth sports and they move on to high school or like college is great. I don't deal with parents ever. I, I talk to some parents as we recruit um, just so they understand that like their you know, their kids are going to be in good hands and everything, but uh, they don't ever call about ice time or complain about it. Like that's just not how it works. Right. And uh, boy, let me tell you, it is just night and day. And it's crazy too, because like, even when we grow up, think about when we grew up, I mean, we played as many sports as we wanted to. And now it's like these kids are 11 and 12 years old and they're star athletes, but they're star athletes in one sport. Yeah, man. It's uh, there's a lot of research out there and, and maybe I'll share an article or two when we post the episode, but like that says like actually the best athletes play multiple sports. And I mean, there are numerous examples of it. Russell Wilson was drafted in the MLB and the NFL. Same with Patrick Mahomes. Same with uh, guys like Matthew Stafford, Garrett Cole. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on about guys who played multiple sports and who were freak athletes in both of them, right? That exists. So I, I don't know, I like this whole idea of like, stay concentrated in one sport. I get if you want to f- maintain and focus a lot on one, but my idea is like, So do that, but also play another, like you actually, you can actually hurt youth muscle growth by doing that, right? Like, like it's, you only grow specific muscles by training for one sport. The ability to play multiple sports actually makes you more well-rounded athlete. Uh, And that's, that's just science, baby. (laughs) That's just science, baby. I mean, I think the big thing, right, is more about uh, the lessons and the things that you take away. Some sports teach certain lessons, other sports teach other lessons, you know, I understand the the physical side of it, but there's a mental side of it too, where you're going to be put in situations in like, goalies, a perfect example. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If you're a goalie, you're like you're by yourself, man, there's nobody to like spout off to like, like you said, you yell at water droplets as they fall because that's your mm-hmm. best friend. And that's or you thank your post as you, it stopped a puck for you. You know what I mean? Or, or right. a ball for you. Um, so, you know, being able to, you know, go to a sport where you can work on communication a little bit better because you're not stuck in a net by yourself or, or whatever it may be, um, <laughs> giving yourself the opportunity to just expand your horizons and, and continue to grow in multiple areas is huge. I, I've told you before, I, goalies are psychotic I, and it's not like in a bad way. 
they're just they're just a different breed of human being. Like uh, not for the what? No, See? go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, oh okay. All right. No, that's uh, my point. No, <laughs> See? See, like an interrupting cow. Moo. Like I, I like my god. Uh, but my. <laughs> But like, it's just, it just takes a different breed to like, you're right. Be there alone. It's a different mentality, right? Me as a field player or like on the court, like, or not as a goalie ever, uh, like I have guys I can go to, right? Like, and like, or that they can give me support, right? And sure. Like in, 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 in hockey, like I can fly by and tap you on the pads and give you some support, but that doesn't really do that much, right? Like I can be like, Hey man, I'm here for you, but I'm not in your head. Being like, yeah. By the way, your mistake—it's on the scoreboard. Everyone just saw that. And now they, now you're going to be reminded of it every time you look up. Hope you enjoy that. <laughs> no one's going to see the bad pass that led to the breakaway, <laughs> right? Like, like it's it's a whole different mentality to be a goalie. Um, and, and you're right. And, and like as a coach, I think it's important that we always are addressing those things. Yeah, and I think that goes into philosophy too, right? I think the big thing is to understand that no one player is an individual, right? Especially when it comes to a team sport. So you're going to have your individuals. Each person brings their own thing here and there, uh, but nothing that happens on the ice is because of one individual. It doesn't matter whether it's a goalie, a left wing, a center, or, you know, a center mid, a striking the ball from the 50 yard. <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> just got off the rails there a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, you got really into it. Big thing, right? It's just like, it's their shared responsibility everywhere. And as a coach, and you have to have that philosophy or you have to have that understanding of making sure that you spread that evenly and uh, consistently through your team so that everybody knows that there's an expectation, but mistakes are part of those expectations as well. Cause I think that's something we don't talk about too. I agree. I agree. And like, and like you had mentioned from the get go, right. And this goes into managing leadership coaching, whatever it is, but like consistency and transparency are the most important things when it comes to that kind of stuff, right? Like don't be afraid to share with your teams, whether you're it's business or athletic, uh, like this aspect of like authenticity and, and, and being like, Hey, this is why, or this is what we're doing. And this is because we're doing it this way. Um, and, and that's okay. Like at least people can then understand. And if they want to get frustrated, then you have a basis or a groundwork to build from and be like, you know, I understand why you might be frustrated, but please understand that, that like your role or like that decision was made because of this or because it, 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 uh, it exemplifies this expectation that we have. Like it just, it literally saves you in the long run to have something concrete and, and, and solid. I, I saw a video and I forget what team it was. It was a woman's coach though. She was going, I think I want to say she was taking over like women, uh, Michigan basket, women's Michigan basketball, maybe, or Minnesota or something like that. It was like a, it was one of the Midwestern teams, but she went in and the first meeting she held with her team was about her. Why, why she coaches, why she chose that school, like why she's doing what she's doing. And I think that immediately opened the door, not only uh, on the communication front, right? Because now everybody understands who she is and why she's doing what she's doing. And it, it kind of added comfort. You yeah. immediately bring a human aspect of this is what's going on. Like, this is what drives me and why I do this. And this is why I want to do it for you. So it immediately brings that connection um, so that your players are bang, ready to go. It's day one. We're hitting the ground running. There's no questions or there's no feeling out process because now you just understand who that person is. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. And I mean, I, we'll, we'll end it with this aspect of like, 
of, of pressure that kids feel. Right. And I think that's one of the big things, whether it's, whether it's at the, 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 the youth level or the college level, uh, I mean, it, it's always felt so like, so like one of the things that I do uh, in my practice is like, I give workshops to parents on how to best support their athlete, right? Like best support their youth athlete. And, and the gist of it is just be there for them, right? Like don't add extra expectations. They know the game is a big one. You, they don't need to be reminded of it, right? Like they know, Hey, the championship game, are you ready? <laughs> like, oh, 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 they don't know. Like they're, they're already excited. They're already nervous. Like their coach may have put pressures on them. Like they don't need the additional support from parents, right? The best thing parents can do for athletes is listen to their kid with their kids saying like, I don't want to play anymore. Support them through that. There's a reason why, or find out the why and see if you can make an adjustment. Like I, I just, none of my friends are playing. I want to play with my friends. Okay. What are your friends playing? Oh, they're, they're playing uh, basketball or they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Then, then go, let your kid explore themselves, right? Like forcing people to do something is just not fun. No one wants to do that, especially young kids. And then everyone wonders why like their kid is angry at them or like doesn't like them or gets mad. It's like, cause you're forcing them to do things that they don't want to do. I, I'd be pissed off too. I think the other, like the biggest thing that I always try to tell parents, uh, especially like my goalies, right. Where we've already talked about it. Goalie's a very uh, secluded position. Weirdos. Don't don't care. <laughs> the strangest people on earth, but we'll all admit it. Um, I know. The biggest thing is don't carry the conversation into the car. The car is not a place after a game to have further conversation or to dive into how that player played and what they could have done better. Like that's the worst thing you could do. That person is already like I can tell you when I played. Anytime I got in the car, all I could think about was the goals I let in, what I could have done better, how I could have made saves, where I could have put pucks on rebounds. I didn't need anybody to dig in on me and be like, oh, you played you know, pretty poorly today and you gave up a really bad goal here and you know, you passed this puck to the other team and they scored. I, I don't need that, right? Like It's just not – it happens. It's part of the game. You're going right. to make mistakes. Be supportive in that situation. Hey, I know you're not happy with your performance, but I thought you played really well you know, you're going to have a chance to get back at it and get on the horse again next week and do it all over again. And those are the kinds of things that like so many parents I've, I, I've heard just sit and just hammer in the car. Get rid yeah. of it. Yeah. It's, it's, and you're so right, right? Like no matter if they're, if they're seven years old or 17 or 27, right? They're still their biggest critic. They understand when they mess up, whether they, they know it themselves, they heard it from their coach or they heard it from their teammates they are well aware of the mistakes that they made. As parents, it's not our job to hammer them, right? Later, you can, right? And maybe not hammer is the wrong word to do later, right? Like, <laughs> but like, like talk to them and ask them, like, hey, like, how did you think you did? Like, what would you, what would you do differently, right? Not in the car, but like maybe the day after. Like, hey, you know, I was thinking about the game. Like, what do you think you would do differently in that situation next time? Help them grow. Allow it to be a growth opportunity. Don't. And that way, like, for what I do. It's one of those things where it's like, dude, that's the past. You can't change it. Why are we harping on it? Right? Like you already gave all the energy you could to that game. Don't give yourself energy now. Right? Like let's focus on the next game. Let's focus on the next practice. Let's let's make the adjustments. Like you said, like don't pass it to the other team. Let's put the rebounds in the corners like we wanted to. Right? Like so the next practice, that's all you focus on is rebounds in the corner, rebounds in the corner. It's like one of those things where it's like make it, make it a growth opportunity instead of an opportunity to kick them while they're already down. And I think that was a really valuable point you added. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm all set. I don't know. You got anything else? 
no, nah, man, I guess coaching philosophy turned into parent, parent athlete philosophy. It was just a philosophical session. I, uh, I appreciated it. Well, I guess one of the big things to wrap it up the best way I can, right, is at the end of the day, a parent's still a coach. You're still helping your child or your athlete on their journey to become a better person, to grow and to become, uh, I guess at the end of the day, it's about being, a, you know, an asset to society is what we try to <laughs> like. That's what we try to do, right, is become useful in society. So uh, just as important as it is for, you know, someone like myself as a coach to have a philosophy, it's important for a parent to have a coaching philosophy as well. For sure. Yeah. And, and Zach has shared some of the questions with me uh, that we've been getting. So I, I did want to say like, please keep, keep bringing them in uh, because I'm really looking forward to that podcast episode. When I get to answer some of these questions, uh, it's going to be a really good one. Uh, you guys have sent in some awesome ones so far. So please continue to send them in uh, to the email um, mental mindset podcast at gmail.com. Uh, really looking forward to it. And then that will do it for me this week. Really looking forward to talking to you guys next week. Uh, Zach, do your thing. Uh, biggest thing, obviously, everything's going to be in the link tree. Let's make sure uh, you get there. Go ahead, listen to the episode. Maybe give Andrew's website a visit. I looked at it the other day, looking really nice. Uh, could have changes, may not have changes, but if you don't check it out, you'll never know. Uh, <laughs> the other big thing, like he said, mental mindset podcast at gmail.com. Keep reaching out for us. And the other big thing we've been asking, starting to ask for, we want to continue to ask for, uh, based on your support, is any reviews, five-star reviews are huge for us, uh, sharing it with somebody you know, or just sharing it in general on your network, uh, trying to help us grow what we've been doing. We really, really love uh, kind of where we've gone with this and what we've done so far. We hope you do as well. Um, so any sharing would really help us continue on our path. We really appreciate everything, and we will talk to you guys next week.